0: Again to the Siloam Plus Podcast. I'm here with John Nicholson. Hey folks, glad to be here with you again. And our special, special, special guest, Thomas Fletcher. Thrice Hello,
1: special. I feel special.
0: <laughs> now, it... For most of you, you already know Thomas Fletcher. Uh, he was me before me. Uh, I used to be Thomas 2.0. Now now Thomas has become me before me. So, Pre-Josh. Yeah, uh, Pre-Josh. pre-Josh Josh. Uh, so uh, anyways, he has gone on to become the pastor at um, First Baptist. Yeah, yeah,
2: let him introduce himself. So for those okay. of us, yeah, there those you that maybe listen, that don't know Thomas
1: Fletcher, give us the two-minute thumbnail. Two minutes? Yeah. That's a lot of time. So, uh, I uh, I came here because I wanted to marry a Judson lady, Bethany Rush, now Fletcher. You were already dating her at the time. I was dating her. That's correct. Okay. That was yeah. my job application was Bethany, and uh, same as Josh dating Rebecca. So there is some some parallels.
0: I could not date Rebecca. I was engaged to her. That's another story for another day. But <laughs> Me and Becca never dated.
1: I hope you go on dates now. <laughs> we do. <laughs> so uh, came here, was intern, and tried to kind of reboot the youth program, and had a little discipleship. Now able to get some some students saved. Tried to lay some framework for some other things. Went on from there to marriage. To well, John married us in Thomasville. Went to seminary. Went to seminary. Joined the National Guard. Uh, pastored in Baker. Then then moved. Back up the road in Livingston, just two counties away, three depending on uh, the route you take. Um, So, pastor in Livingston, I'm here to hang out with these guys somehow. So, well, we're glad you're back. Trying to bridge the gap between their height. I'm not as tall as John, but I'm definitely (laughs) nowhere near.
2: Definitely taller than me. As low as
1: John. Oh my gosh. That opens
2: up a whole Pandora's box. Are you bridging the gap between our looks? Are you bridging the gap between our intelligence? I mean, there's, there's a whole other, whole
1: subset of, of We're talking about intelligence, or. you know, like some bridges are taller than both ends.
0: Hey, that elderly man from the funeral the other day called me good looking, so go. I don't know I, what, well, what that, that counts it. for, I mean, but, but it's there, there. All right, we're there's chasing no,
2: rabbits, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so today we are piggybacking off of your sermon from yesterday. We're recording this on Monday, so just this past Sunday, October 3rd, I think it was, yep. uh, we discussed the resurrection realities of the daily disciplines. There you go. Is that, that was it? Okay. the sermon title That's it. I was paying attention just a few minutes ago because I probably wouldn't have been able to recite (laughs) that from Sunday. But anyways, we're talking about how the, the, the here and now, the things that we do with our bodies, the things that we do here on earth will affect our lives eternally. Uh, And so we're, Taking this kind of from a spiritual discipline standpoint, because one of the the theme verse that I've been using with the youth has been the First Timothy passage, where it says that uh, you know, train for godliness, because that has. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, I'm hitting the uh, table. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't not talk with my hands. <laughs> it has uh, value for this life and the life to come. Right. And so, how how does that play out in our everyday life? uh for for
2: you guys. Yep. Let me, before I bring Thomas into this, let me just reiterate one of the key points I was trying to make yesterday is that I think that we have or, or that we're on the verge of losing this doctrine of resurrection. Most folks don't think about that. It's just die right. and go to heaven. But there is a life as NT Wright says, there's life after life after death. There's there's something more that's coming. And what we are doing now with our lives spiritually, physically and every part of our life is, um, is a part of that spiritual journey, it has impacts into that eternal future, which we don't really think about a lot of times, I think. And we need to, uh, I think, having that kind of focus, it, it can change how we approach some of these things. What do you think, Mr. Pleasure?
1: Well, I think, you know, it sounds kind of silly, like, and I think you kind of asked earlier, what's the point of spiritual disciplines now if we're going to go to heaven anyways? But the, the reality is, like, I'm actually here in town for premarital counseling for two couples and when you think about the resurrection you look in like revelation and the marriage supper of the lamb and then you look at like how people were engaged or betrothed like uh you know Joseph and Mary were betrothed so it's almost like a legal contract they're pretty much all but married other than the wedding and then actually living together and, and all that marriage entails so to me Spiritual disciplines are me wanting to get closer to God before um, before eternity because I love God. Like you don't want to marry someone you don't love. And so you're experiencing that love on a daily closer togetherness. And the same thing, if you want to talk about the resurrection power of Christ, you can't pray unless you're connected to God. And Christ in that resurrection is our connection, that gospel, that resurrection power. So to, for someone to... Honestly, if they were out loud going to say, I don't need to pray, I don't need to read my Bible, I don't need to fast, I don't need to witness, it's basically like an engaged man or engaged lady saying, I don't need to call my fiancé, I don't need to think about them. That's just so bizarre to have that statement. We've kind of disconnected that love from there. So that's what I would think about spiritual community. Man,
2: that is a great, Mm -hmm. great observation, I think. I really do.
0: I'm not just blowing smoke at you, man. That's good stuff. So, So Fletcher, you would say that the relationship that you build during your engagement actually impacts your marriage.
1: Yeah, I would think so. (laughs) I would would think if I loved some—I had had another preacher. He's down the road in in Leroy, and he said they bumped up their engagement or their wedding date, and he tried to be all romantic. Like, I don't want to spend any more of my life without you. By my side as my bride. But he really meant it. Like, he wanted to get married. He didn't want to wait another year or two or three years. Yeah. If you really love God, why are you putting off time with God? And I know that we struggle with sin and our selfishness and our sinful nature. Or, or maybe you just say, I'm too busy. But you just think, if you got a, a girl that loves a guy and they really want to get married, is she really too busy to hear from him? Like, she'll do what she needs to do at her job. But she's thinking about that guy.
2: Yeah. That is so good. That is such a great uh, picture for us. And I, I think it's obviously a biblical picture because of you know, those marriages, uh, our marriage being a reflection of Christ and his church and his love right. for the church. That's that's beautiful stuff, man. And that does, that couches this whole conversation about spiritual disciplines in, in a great framework for us, I think, that can help us to move forward with this, that we are. Because, uh, you know, that was one of the other quotes that I shared or have shared from uh, Matt Smithhurst, that it's it's not about giving God to love us more. We can't do that. It's about putting us in a place where we love God more, that we are, are uh, positioning ourselves to be more in love with Him.
1: You got that relationship part, and you got this, like, power encounter, like, if we're really wanting God to use us, but then we don't want to spend time with God. That's so bizarre. That God is our empowerment to witness, to bring Him glory, He's in our, our empowerment. So, if we're, if we're, you know, it's like, uh, why do we want to stay disconnected from God? It's like the old, you know, guy that, that uh, runs out of gas and the guy drives up and says, you're trying to wean the car. You know, like, why are you trying to make it without gas? And I think if you're trying to make it just in life, but specifically also to be used by God, to witness, to worship, you know, if you're trying to do that without God, then you're going to fail. You can't do things for God without God. And I just think that's part of the missing environment character of, of Christians is they want to, they want to do right, but they don't want to be right with God. Like they don't want God to go with them when he's already there. He's already in our future. He's in eternity. He's in tomorrow. He's in today. But we think he's only tomorrow. The resurrection says he's here, right? And he's there.
2: Yep. Kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here and now. We are living it out now. Four gleams of it. We don't have it in its totality, but we do have that access to it right now to be engaged with that. So it's great. You're batting two for two, man. Gas in the tank. Marriage relationship. I like it. Those are good. What else you got?
1: Well, you know, you know, just, well, let's let's talk about it. From this standpoint. John is just trying to steal sermon illustrations. There's so I'm I'm a whole reason why Fletcher's here. Six months from now, you're gonna think, "Hey, that's Fletcher's." You know. All right, you've been
2: warned, folks. you those are you keeping score. You can uh, let Fletcher know in the future. So, so let's let's break this down because we're gonna be talking in the next few weeks about things like prayer. And Bible study and sharing our faith. We're also going to talk about fasting and feasting and some of those corporate disciplines that we uh, get to be involved in. So let's 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 take one or two of those. Something like prayer or Bible study. How what difference does my day to day experience of reading God's word make in an eternal future with Christ? And that's an open question for either one of you.
0: Well, one of the things I was talking to the youth about this past Wednesday is that a lot of us, I, I would say even myself included at times, see my salvation as kind of this one and done deal. Uh, you know, you're saved by grace through faith right. and and boom, that's it. And and so then you just kind of float along until you get to heaven, right? And, and so that's what I believe the mindset of a lot of people is. However scripture told us to work our salvation out with fear and trembling because it is God who wills for for our, his good pleasure within us and so we, we have this uh synergistic I think is the word uh type relationship with God that when when we he saves us completely right and then we work that salvation out however uh, you know if we do that through Bible reading or, or prayer or whatnot, we grow in our salvation. And it is, it's the real, the real question is, are you content with where you are with God? If you are, you won't move anywhere, but if you want to know more of God, then I would say you truly love him. Like what you were talking about Fletcher. I I shouldn't ever be content with, Oh, I know everything there is to know about my wife. So uh, we can just, you know, not talk from here on out because I already know everything. It, it, it's not about she me. would say otherwise anyway. Right, and and <laughs> because because it's not simply about head knowledge of knowing, it's that relationship that's there, and that relationship takes that constant, uh, just interaction right. and, and so, for me the question is, am I content with where I am with God, and knowing that. This has impact in this life and and for the one to come. Right. I think about all the different uh, passages that talk about the rewards of heaven. Uh, I, I get questions from that uh, about that from youth all the time. Joshua, the rewards. What are the rewards going to be? I have no clue what the rewards will actually be. I do know that there are rewards in heaven, and particularly you talk about the marriage supper of the lamb, that last little verse after they sing, uh, the saints sing their praises, talking about uh, that it has been granted to clothe themselves with a white linen garments. And then John gives the commentary, the linen garments are the righteous deeds of the saints. And so we will clothe ourselves with our righteous deeds in heaven. I haven't. Some played, of going be
2: around naked. I'm afraid. Right. I
0: haven't. I haven't played that out fully uh, on the implications of all of that. But that's there. Right. That, oh, what we do here has eternal consequence for how we live our eternity, yeah. uh, and on the new earth and
2: new heaven. So. I love how Dallas Willard says that the Grace is opposed to earning. Grace is not opposed to effort. hmm We're not going to earn salvation because that's already been bought for us. But. Our effort, our partnership with God—that synergy—I think is where the disciplines come into play for us. Yeah, I agree. which you think, Fletcher? What's just you're thinking? You said, yeah. Playing We talk about Bible studies. For sure, time? that's that's an easy one
1: for so us. So I just get. think about you know my wife is so much better at traveling than me because I go I just want to experience it figure the puzzle out while I'm there you know we love to go to Savannah but Bethany's already researched where to eat. Where to go, where the cemeteries are, where the old fancy houses is, what's the best beach, what what's on the menu of the restaurant she wants to go to with the lamb or what the the beef or whatever it might be. So I just think when I'm studying my Bible, if this really is a picture of eternity, mm. then That's good. I, and really it's a picture of tomorrow because God's spirit of res you know and, and Christ being resurrected, like has power throughout my day and throughout my tomorrow and so you know it's the old blackaby henry blackaby find out what god is doing and join him and so i'm like reading up on this what god has already done and this is how god operates and we read the bible you see the character of god and how godly people act towards and with god Mm -hmm. and so if i love god i want to be with him i want to be close to him but i want to experience life you know And and I'm so thankful for Bethany. She's really good at that. She'll get us to the right place. Every now and then I'll I'll luck up or fortune up on a a great place. But Bethany, she picks them every time. Well, if I'd read my Bible more, then I would know what the heart of God is, where he's leading me and how to pray and and what he's trying to do even today or tomorrow in my life. Nonetheless, especially eternity, like, oh, this is so great. And not just that, like you think about when – when you get older and you go back to your hometown and you go back to a certain building and it just looks and feels different because you've changed but you get to re-experience this in a new way mm-hmm. i think as christians we tend to have the same experiences but if we would have the spirit with us we'd have this deeper maturity we would experience things in a whole new way so to me bible studies specifically that's one one spiritual discipline we can pull out it's just going to change your world um i really like that phrase without holiness no one will see the lord we think of that being eternity, but that's also throughout my day. If I'm full of that's sin, scary. I don't see what God is doing. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm not living holy, if I'm not focused on him, just even in Bible study, when we get to prayer, fasting, and solitude, and all these great other ones. Bible study's easy cuz I got that road map or that that travel map uh, analogy. But I just I want to experience the fullest I can. I can with my Bible and definitely not without. Definitely not without. it's
2: good. Yeah. it's good. It's a roadmap. Add that. All right. There's another illustration you'll probably hear in the future. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. It absolutely is. So uh, tell me about your spiritual disciplines. What what are, what are things that you're practicing?
1: yeah I'm putting you on the spot. It's not fair. I like to sound smart. I mean, I just, <laughs> what, are the, what are the spiritual conditions? Well, on that, that one of them is confession. So I'll just tell you, I'm not the best at all of this. I've gotten good, I've gotten better with Bible study. I think I'm up to three chapters a day right now and prayer. I'm ADHD. I've got to have a prayer journal. If you don't have a prayer journal, you're missing out (laughs) on what God has done. Even the past year, this whole past year, I've reread all, I think about 13 journals going back to uh, 2009. And just to see God work through that, see what I worried about, Mm. see, you know, especially going back and crossing out names that have been saved, you they were on the lost category, they didn't save. So just all to see what I worried about then, and I'm like, Thomas, don't worry about that. But I'm looking at things in my life now and wondering, you know, what has God already handled that I'm just so overwhelmed by? So there's just so many things. So let me me ask you, let me interrupt you there. Prayer journal. Scripture. Let's
2: talk about that discipline. Does that... I'm just, I'm just shooting here. With that prayer journal, does
1: it help you today, know, having that history? Oh, man, three things. If if my house is on fire, three things. Well, I'll definitely get Bethany and the pets out. Yeah. <laughs> definitely get the pictures and the love letters and, and all the journals. I'll throw you know, which I think you break the window and throw everything outside as much as you can. As I hear you. Trying. But the prayer journals, they're, they're um, priceless. Become a spiritual treasure for you. Spiritual, um, yeah, treasure. Cool. Framework. So
2: what spiritual discipline do you struggle with?
1: You know, I haven't fasted in a long time. That's something I <laughs> used to do really well at in Did high really? school and college. Um, probably more on the legalist aesthetic side, but, you know, I think maybe gone three or four days without fasting. I think uh, one one year I fasted from football for 40 days, which I love football. I can watch it Thursday through Monday. Right. If I could, I could watch 20 games a weekend. Um, well, I, don't, I don't even want to talk about fasting.
2: Josh has brought this up, and, he, and we are going to talk about it. But hey, he, he, Josh, has been so, so flagrantly bold to even suggest that I would fast from coffee. I, I, just, I don't
0: know what he's got. My, I always my, my question is, what is the one thing you think you can't fast from? That's the thing you need to fast from. Well,
1: I think I
2: could, but why would I? I mean. <laughs> That's the question everybody asks. Josh.
1: Fasting is one of the most Powerful and dangerous spiritual disciplines, because that is specifically the one that Jesus called out, both prayer and fasting with the Pharisees. And so even to talk about it is somewhat taboo, but as leaders, you got to lead other people in that. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, literally they would discard their faith. You know, remember Jesus talked right. about this in Matthew Matthew. All right, 6. well, we're going to
2: have Thomas back to talk about fasting because oh that is going to be an issue that we got to talk about. But that, that's cool. Josh, real quick. Spiritual disciplines, what's 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 good and what's bad? What are you struggling
0: with? Well, you, uh, yeah, from? now, journaling is not my my, my deal.
1: <laughs>
0: I know, I know. <laughs> like because, because, because well, it. when I have done it, I've seen the benefit of it. Okay. But it's almost like flossing.
1: <laughs> well, you know, that's what all great writers say, right? I yeah. don't like writing, but I love having written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, sometimes prayer is like that. Prayer is hard for me, but I love knowing that I prayed that morning. That's it. I it yeah that's good good. one sentence a day that's the goal one sentence yeah now whenever we're
0: doing whenever we're doing the discipleship groups that i do with the youth uh we'll do a a short journal with that but like even then i'm doing like there's a lot of days when it's just bare minimum that it's it's even it's like four sentences then uh but still that's not like that's not my forte that's not what i'm what i feel like i'm i'm
1: what is? Are you a techie? Do you want to type it out on your phone? Or?
0: No. Well, I do mine on Logos.
1: Oh, so you don't even write it out when I'm hand jamming this thing. Yeah,
0: I know. That's, that's my problem. I need, I probably need to be writing it out Have you bought
1: hand. a fancy notebook yet?
0: I have the scripture journal
1: Bible. Sure. No, just get a notebook. Really nice. Yeah. $8, $25 journal on a nice pen. Man, You're I'm getting a $2 composition part.
2: notebook. What are you talking about?
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> if you can. Really but is, it, to me, once I've invested in something, you know, if I buy a nice part for my Bronco, then I'm going to put it on the Bronco. It's not just going to sit on the side. If you bought yep. this journal, maybe that that would spur you.
0: Maybe so. All right, so struggling with journal. what's good? Uh, well, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, we have begun to implement the, the fasting every Wednesday. And I'll tell you, that's something that, on Tuesday nights, I don't really look forward to. Uh, but throughout the day, uh, I, I start to see things, right. and I, I'm, I'm always thankful at the end of the day on Wednesday that, that I've done that. That's and cool. so, yeah.
1: Don't you have a youth on Wednesday nights?
0: Yes. Yeah. We fast throughout the day, and then when we get together as a church, we, we feast.
1: See, I'm like so pre diabetic, ADHD, I can't do all that. Like, I don't need to fast for anything important because I've become this crump. And that's part of the thing. talking about fast that's a whole other thing. But like, if doing a spiritual discipline because it helps influence you to be negative towards others, <laughs> you don't need to do that spiritual discipline.
2: Or you like, need to do it more to, read, to overcome your grumpiness. You're trying
1: to read your Bible and like your kid or your grandpa interrupts you and you scream at your grandpa, leave me alone. It's like I'm reading my Bible. You're being ridiculous to me. That's not the way to go. So
2: well, you have just opened up a whole, and boy, we're going to run past you. But I think that is so important that the spiritual disciplines... It's not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah. It's not you do this at this time. You do, I mean, there are going to be sometimes we're going to request that as a congregation to do some things together. But these, I often tell you know folks that with Vanessa and I, it's because you know, I'm a I'm a morning person. I do my stuff in the morning. She, that would be totally counterproductive. I tell folks in Jesus, I want to talk to her uh, before 10 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> uh, and she would affirm that. You know, but uh, you know, so. It, it's a, not a one-size-fits-all, um, and we need to approach those spiritual disciplines. I think, Thomas, with that idea in mind, how does this help me fall more in love with Jesus? And if yeah. that's the best and at whatever time or whatever
1: framework. That's, that's when I need to be doing that. So one of the things, I mean, I like that you're talking about that. Not every spiritual, it's not a one-size-fits-all because nobody has the same relationship with Jesus. Because uh, you, you know, it's just like you don't have the same relationship with anybody. Um, and nobody has the same relationship with you. So with Jesus, people are going to do it differently. We also, you ought to take just a moment, you might even have a longer podcast on that another time, but unorthodox uh, spiritual disciplines. That sounds goofy for a second, but for me, uh, driving. I'm able to think and clear. Sometimes I talk to God more through that. Uh, cutting grass or running, uh, something like that. Maybe I can, you know, running, it's some of my greatest thoughts from what I feel like, from, from the Lord, uh, and, and even prayers have been through running uh, running or or maybe driving so what are some what's some ways you've connected with God that maybe you wouldn't think is spiritual discipline but you know what when I do that I seem to connect with God more what
2: there's just that clarity those moments of clarity where we yeah. get what, the clutter out
1: do you, you got anything like that with your bees or your painting
2: but
0: it's definitely running for me running okay yeah. even though I haven't run in a a while
1: probably because you're fasting
0: yeah (laughs) yeah but i would say fletcher just uh i think for me a distinction there is i wouldn't call those spiritual disciplines i'd call those just i don't don't know physical disciplines that aid the spiritual disciplines because like
1: we we can always say like it's their
0: boss (laughs) well yeah but
1: solitude is a physical separation and that's the thing so what is is being by yourself the spiritual discipline of solitude no, the spirit, the solitude is being by yourself with God. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, am I just running to run or am I running and trying to think about God at the same time? I would call that discipline. Now, you might say it different, but it's a physical posture for spiritual growth. That's a nice phrase. I'm okay with that. It's good. So I'm posturing myself because I want to receive the Spirit, just like, you know, right. the sail, the, the, you know, be filled oh, with the Spirit. Illustration the number sail. four, we got the sail now. Okay, yeah, get that right. You're going to twist the, the wind sail, failure forward. To me, that's it. We get on our knees in prayer, not because like, that's the magical way of prayer, but it's this posture of surrender that hopefully our heart is matching.
2: Well, I think one of those things that happens with it is that it sets our, our minds that this is that moment that I want to engage yeah. in. It's yeah. like for us at Siloam, when we sing the doxology, I almost feel like there's a switch that flips for folks that, okay, we've been busy, we've been doing our own thing, we've been talking about the football game last night, but we're now heading into a time. What where are y'all doing
1: that in the service? We do it at the very beginning, right at
2: Yeah. Really? Okay. okay. Hey, that's fast. That's true. So, you know, but things like that, on. I think they do mm-hmm. set us, you know, if it's a posture or if it's, uh, you know, something that we do, it, it's one of those moments where we realize uh, it's a mezuzah kind of moment. This is a holy moment. It reminds me right. that, that we're encountering something more here.
0: So. Well guys, we are at 25 minutes. A great conversation. So uh, I am so loud on this thing. Uh, okay. Anyways, so, Fletcher, thank you so much for Absolutely. coming all this way just to join us for this podcast. Uh, we will not pay your mileage or anything
1: like <laughs> that. Well, but you I, know, I have a special place in my heart for Siloam, not just because, you know, me and Bethany got to spend a lot of time here. In our engagement, speaking of, we were engaged right before we got married. Thomas was here for about, I don't know, five or six months. But also, before I came to preach at Livingston, they wanted to hear me preach, but they didn't want to come all the way to Louisiana. So we set up to come here at Siloam. And it was even better than where I was in Louisiana because everybody here, nobody had been in a committee meeting with me for four years. So they all <laughs> just talked about how great of a preacher young man I was. And so the committee just nonstop heard about this great Fletcher. And it was, all, it was like the greatest home field advantage I've ever gotten as a preacher was coming to preach at Solomon and bring a pulpit committee here. So I just have this very special gratuity, and thankfulness. If you can hear me, Roy, I want to say hi <laughs> to Siloam Baptist. So I'm very honored. To I love you. it. We'll
0: yeah. have to get this set up for Roy
2: so he can listen to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. We'll do that. And, Thomas, we are so grateful for you. We, we pray for you. You're mentioned quite often here. You're part of uh, uh, the legacy that Siloam has. And uh, we're grateful for you and your ministry and pray your blessings on, on you and Bethany and uh, look forward to hearing continuing great things out of you. Thanks for joining us today.
0: Thanks for joining us at the Asylum Plus podcast. I'm Josh, that's John, and that's Fletcher. Uh, Thomas, I'll call him Thomas just for (laughs) respect. But thank you all so much for joining us. Be sure to share this with somebody, and hopefully, you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you next time.
2: Thanks, Thanks.